You're listening to the Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Great Since 68, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. I'm joined this week by two fellow Birmingham City women's fans. First of all, we have Kaz Smith. Kaz, it's great to finally have you back on the show. It's nice to be back. Thank you. Did you enjoy a little mix? Oh, I love little mix. There's um, some rumours, Kaz. That's the reason you haven't been on the show for a few weeks. You just had to get over that great experience. Yeah, yeah. Seeing the girl <laughs> shake the S. Uh, we're also joined by Chris Pugh. How have you been, Chris? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Craig. Yeah, maybe I should have gone and sent little mix as well. <laughs> you should have. Maybe next time, Chris. Yeah. We'll move on now to the news then, and Lucy Staniforth picked up an assist for England in their 3-2 win over the Czech Republic. It wasn't a classic of a game from the Lionesses, but it's good to see Lucy taking her chances on the national stage, Kaz. Yeah, um, yeah, she did all right, didn't she? We just need performances like that from a week in, week out to, for the Blues now. To be yeah. fair, she's done all right this season so far, Kaz, hasn't it? Really? Right, yeah, she hasn't. She hasn't had a bad season. She did fantastic against um, um, Liverpool with the the goal and the assist. That was one of the most recent games, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Also in the news, there was another week without an academy game as the senior side called up several of their players to fill the bench for our game against Brighton. More on that game shortly. Also in the news, the Women's Super League attendance record was broken this past weekend as 38,262 fans saw Arsenal beat Tottenham Hotspur at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. The previous record was set back in September when Man City beat Manchester United at the Etihad. Uh, Kaz, will we see an increase in supporters at Spurs' next home game or do you think it will revert to the status quo? Uh, No, I don't think it will be that. Like, I think it'll just go back to normal. I think... The only team that I would take note from this weekend's games is probably Chelsea's because they're getting consistent 2,000, 3,000 fans week in, week out. So I think the FA need to look at more potential having the women's games in men's grounds on international breaks because obviously I think that's helped. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you say, Chelsea have consistently got um, decent attendances at Kings Meadow, and they've did a lot of publicity over the recent seasons. They've put like um, promotional material at the at the gates at the uh, local train station as well to get more people in, and it proves to be working. But as you said, um, some grounds it just doesn't seem to be working. Like Man City, they had a great crowd in that match at the Etihad in September. But they had only uh, just over 2,000 people there yesterday at the Academy Stadium, which they saw them thrash West Ham. So it's one of those where there's still a lot of uh, work to be done, Chris, to get uh, the attendances consistently high in the grounds around the country. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, like you mentioned about, about Man City, um, you know, Kaz mentioned that the, the one-off factor being that it was at the ground and, you know, I, I, I get that. You know, you, you think about Spurs at the moment. Um, you know, there's a there's a huge waiting list for for tickets for Spurs. You know, the season ticket waiting list is outrageous. You know, they've just moved to their new ground. It's probably the first opportunity that a lot of people will get to to watch a game at their new ground. I meant to have a look at the attendance that they got. I think 
the the first ever game at the Spurs the Spurs' new ground was like an under twenty one game. And I think that I think that was about thirty, forty thousand as well. So it just got you know, just goes to show I think it's the pull of football. By no stretch of the imagination am I saying that you know women's football isn't improving, isn't getting more popular, because it definitely is. You know, all I can say from from my perspective is I went to Brighton on Sunday and just under five thousand people were there and if you were purely basing it on a, are you going to come again based on the quality of football, I'd say four and a half thousand won't come back. Um, you know, so the, the fact that they're being played at the at the bigger grounds is definitely helping the attendances. And and in all fairness, if it gets five hundred people more down to you know the the regular games, if it adds five hundred onto attendances for the rest of the season, then then these events will be worth it. But, you know, I, I certainly don't think we're going to be seeing, like you say about Man City's ground, the the, the Academy Stadium, I, I don't think we're going to be seeing 10,000, 12,000, you know, at, at regular games for quite a while yet. Also in the news, we had two members of Birmingham City's Academy side that made their senior debuts this weekend. 16-year-old Freya Gregory started the game against Brighton and Hove Albion with fellow 16-year-old Lily Simpkin coming on as a substitute. It's great to see these players getting a chance at the highest level, Kaz, especially at such a young age. Oh, God, yeah. Like, I was really impressed with them, like, with a pair of them when they came on. Like, I've heard a lot about Simpkin. Um, so, I was, like, I've been, like, looking forward all season to seeing a play. So, hopefully, it can, um, they can start on maybe Sunday against Chelsea if we haven't got the players out there uh, do the job. Yeah, you never know. I mean, uh, I, I, I really thought um, Freya Gregory was really badly injured when I saw her like going down and like in tears. But yeah. I think she's revealed that it's only, it was only only cramp, which is surprising for someone so young. But I guess guess it's the difference between playing um, youth football and playing at uh, first team level, especially on such a big pitch, Chris. Yeah. Uh, that you've you've summed it up in the last two there. I mean, I mean, you know, bless her. And, and it's a difficult one because in an ideal world, these girls get eased in, get phased in. You know, a couple of cup games here and there, a couple of games towards the end of the season. You know, a couple of bench spots. But you know, Freya obviously has has been thrown in at the deepest end. Um, you know, away at Brighton at the Amex. Um, it's it's freezing cold, um, and like you say, she won't have played in in anything like that. You know the the pitch and the opposition. You know the professionalism of Brighton. Um, you know they were they were strong, they were physical. Um, I think at times in the first half, and it's you know she looked she looked like a sixteen year old a sixteen year old girl, and and like you say that's that. Um, when she went down with cramp, I think that was just a, an indictment of of how how you know grueling that the shift was that she put in up and down that right hand side. But you know she'll she'll learn from it, she'll she'll grow from it, and she'll get better. Um, I agree with Kaz. I thought Lily Simpkin um, was was pretty decent actually at right back, and I think in hindsight, if you'd have started Simpkin at right back and played Chloe Arthur in midfield. Um, then we might have we might have had a bit more, a bit more of an opportunity to get ourselves in the game. Um, 
but you know that's that's hindsight. But yeah, they'll they'll grow, and you know we're in a position where um, we are going to be relying on these academy girls. Yeah, absolutely. Before we talk about the game in, as a whole, Chris, uh, it was your first trip down to the Amex. What did you think of the stadium and the Brighton in general? Because I saw you down by by the sea, I think. Yeah, we we went to the marina first to have a bite to eat and then made our way to the ground. Um, there were, you had to, I didn't realise this, but apparently you had to register for, for parking. So we had to park a, a distance away and walk down. Um, and then you had to give your details in and set up an account to buy a ticket, which was also a little bit ridiculous. But I think that's that's the way of modern stadiums at the moment. Um, but yeah, the, the, I mean, the ground's accessible you know it, it, it's right by a right by an a road um plenty of room in and around the ground yeah so it was it wasn't wasn't the worst stadium i've ever been in onto the game then and it was certainly a day to forget for marta tejador's side birmingham city without without four first team starters for this game keris harrop rachel williams sarah mailing and lucy staniforth Call me cynical, Chris, but despite the club saying they were all carrying injuries, that's certainly a bit suspicious <coughs> given we haven't played for two weeks. Um, yeah, look, I think that you can only you can only go by what the club are saying. If the club say that they're injured, then you know you have to believe that. There's certainly no way that um, you know. However, however, you may some people may believe that the players feel. I've known Keris. As a, as a person and a player, and I've known Rachel Williams as a person and a player, and I don't believe that either of those two would ever shy away from playing. You know, and the, the both of them, it would take, you know, would, they would have to be injured for them to come off the pitch at the end of the day. That, that's that's my opinion on uh, on the players that, that were, were injured, if you like. Um, Lucy stands a, an interesting one, given that she was on England international duty. Didn't look like she was injured when she came off. Um, and then, obviously, that the uh, the the FA Women's Super League Twitter account sent the uh, the former West Ham player to to Blues to talk to Lucy Staniforth about how she was looking forward to the game and um, you know how she's played at the Amex before, so she's looking forward to it. And then all of a sudden, she's in, injured because of something that she picked up on international duty. Now. I'm. I'm not. You know, this isn't me having a go at Stan. You know, I'm. It's just questions that, you know, the way the club's gone over the last twelve months or so. The last thing that you need to give, you, you don't need to give ammo to fans if you like. You don't need to give them any any more reason to start doubting the owners and the club as, as a whole. Um, and something like that is is bound to. You know, that that's just that's reality. Stan plays for England. She she has an interview with the, with a FA Twitter account about how she's looking forward to the game, and then she's injured because of something she's picked up on international duty. It's it's going to raise people's question. It's going to raise questions, and it's going to get people's backs up. Um, but as you said, I mean, you know, missing those four, you you know, it's it's a ridiculously tough ask then. It was a brace from Kaylee Green and another from Leah Lagaric that condemned Birmingham to their fourth league defeat of the season. Manager Marta Tejador told the club website post-match that we didn't play the way we should have and Brighton were the better side. 
it's hard to really argue with that, Chris. You know, yeah, it's an understatement of the year. That is, we we were dreadful for seventy five minutes. Absolutely nothing on offer in terms of quality. Um, again, I, I made you know I made this point coming out of the ground Sunday that I can't fault the effort. The effort is is always really there. Um, but that sort of goes without saying. I think you know it should always be there. The effort we had injuries uh, to to absolutely crucial players. You know the spine of the team is out. Keris, Dan, Rachel. You know when that's when that spine of the team is gone. Um, you know you are going to struggle. But there was more than enough quality in the players that were on the pitch to be much better than they were, and they just were not passes going astray to the opposition, straight out of play. Movement was movement was poor. Positioning questionable at times. Um, so, yeah, in, you know, in, like I say, in general, that really nothing for 75 minutes that I could, that I could give to really any one of the players. Adrian Jordan, perhaps the best of a, a bad bunch. Last 15 minutes, they, you know, I think, I think Brighton were, Possibly taking their their foot off the gas a little bit, but we were better in the last fifteen minutes. Created a couple of half openings, but yeah, no, nowhere near good enough. Early pressure from Brighton told as they awarded a penalty in the eleventh minute. First impression was that Harriet Scott got the ball and Elliot Ellie Brazil hurt herself after the challenge had been made. What did you think of this one, Kaz? It, it seemed like a harsh call for a penalty. Oh, definitely. Um... Like you said, Harriet got the ball and it looked like Ellie was offside as well. So it's one of those when you look in, you won't, you won't get the penalty given. And when you look down, everything just goes against the team, doesn't it? So I definitely think it wasn't a penalty. What about you, Chris? What did you think? Yeah, I agree. Um, the, initial, the initial challenge, I'm not sure whether, I'm not sure whether she gets... You know, to the whole of the ball, Harriet, but she gets enough on it. Um, it's, she hasn't come in from the back; it's it's sort of from the side. And then I don't know. You know, Ellie Brazil's a funny one. She's like, it's like watching Bambi at times. And she she goes over the second time. Now, obviously, she's you know she she's ended up going off, so she's obviously hurt herself somehow. But it's not from the challenge. It's a really really weird one. I don't know. I, I can't quite work out what's happened with it, but. Um, yeah, I thought it was a harsh penalty. Um, like Kaz said, I think at times when you when you when you when the chips are down, those are given against you. When you're away from home at, at a ground like that, the uh, you know the, the decisions normally get given against you, and you know the the officials. We could speak about it every week how poor the officials are. I thought they were again on on Sunday. The Kaz's point: Brazil was very close to being offside for that one. I think there was. There was three incidents in the first half where where they broke long balls at the top and it, it looked miles offside and and the official kept the flag down. So um, yeah, disappointing disappointing way to, to to concede the first one because it was really I thought both teams were as bad as each other before the penalty. Um, so up to that point, it's a, obviously it's a disappointing way to go behind. After Brazil received treatment, uh, Green stepped up and fired the spot kick right into the top corner out of the reach of Hannah Hampton. The decision to award the penalty was questionable, but there was no stopping that shot, Kaz. 
oh god no that was like a perfect penalty wasn't it <gasps> keeping it high so the keeper like keeper can't get it fantastic penalty yeah shame um, she's welsh because england could do with the rare penalty taker that is very true <laughs> hannah hampton then denied danny bowman a second with a fine save to tip the ball away with brighton pushing forward then somewhat against the run of play birmingham could have got back into the game abby grant found herself one-on-one with megan walsh but pulled her effort wide of the far post it reminds me a, a lot of emma follis in her early days at blues cas someone who clearly knows how to get into the right positions but perhaps is lacking that confidence in front of goal yeah, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Abby's, but she's a midfield player. If you haven't got a striker on the pitch, I get the midfielders have to step the game up. But at least she's getting into them positions to even have an attempt on on goal. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's 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 a hard one, isn't it? Because obviously we know she's not a striker, so people just need to get off her back. I have no doubt that goals will flow once she gets the first one, but the longer it goes on, the more pressure she will start to feel. Um, as you say, Kaz, she's got she's getting getting in the right places, and the more you do that, the more likely we're going to score. Um, Hampton was on hand shortly after to deny yet another, another effort on goal, denying former Blues player Emily Simpkins from close range. The Blues keeper could do nothing about their second goal, though, as the danger woman Legaric was left unmarked on the edge of the box and fired a lovely effort into the net off the underside of the bar. It's a great hit, Chris, but does the defence give her too much time to find the target? Uh, yeah. And the, the problem is uh, giving the ball away in a half again. I, I, think, it's, I think it's Claudia Walker. Um, apologies to Claudia if it wasn't. I think it's Claudia Walker from memory um, who gives it away. Um, and and Legaric, who was the standout player in the whole game, um, you know, she's finds she she's in space because we've got the ball and and the ball's given to her and obviously we the defense can't push out quick enough and she gets a shot away and I think Hannah's positioning um, she's quite far out of of her goal but again we we've got possession of the ball in our half she probably isn't expecting us to to give it away so cheaply and um, yeah but it's set nothing away from the strike it's. Yeah, you know, I think it goes in off the under the side of the bar, and um, yeah, it's it's a it's a very good strike from somebody who was, um, even though Brighton gave it to Kaylee Green, uh, she was by by a country mile the standout player on the pitch. Yeah, she's certainly a great signing for Brighton this summer. Going into the break two 0 down, you expect some kind of reaction, but I don't know if we got that at least until the last few minutes of the game. Very little chances of note for us after the restart and Brighton made the results certain as Green headed in Legaric's corner kick in the 71st minute. It seemed like even the simple things we just couldn't do right on Sunday. We didn't even have a single shot on target. Yeah, everything that, that could have gone wrong, everything that you want want to see in a performance was lacking. Um, yeah, so we got, we, we got bullied and we got played off the park by, in my opinion, a pretty average side. The result leaves Birmingham City just two points above the relegation zone, mainly because Liverpool, who occupy that spot, lost at home to Everton. We can't keep relying on other teams to drop points, right, Kaz? What do you think needs to be done to turn our fortunes around? New manager, new players. There you go, they're pretty simple. I know Christmas is coming up, Kaz, but I don't know if we've got the money to um, get you what you want for Christmas this year. 
That, that's fine, but do you know what I mean? It's like the last time we played this shockingly bad, it was a cold night in January Sunderland. at Sunderland. Yeah. And that's what it felt like. Like I yeah. felt sorry for the fans that actually travelled to the game on, on Sunday. I think it's the first game I've, I'm glad I didn't go to because I probably would have said something to, you know what I'm like. I'm really passionate about this, like the players, like the the club and that. So nobody came think, over, Kaz. You wouldn't have been able to speak to anybody anyway. Oh well, see that's that's another thing. If you've got fans that have travelled all that way, whether you win, lose, or draw, you should at least go over and say thank you. That's just my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 a tough one. As as you say, the the, the fans have travelled the distance. They should they should at least come over and say some uh, say thanks for that, regardless of how you play, as you say. Sorry, have you noticed though? Since Mark's left, none of the players hardly come over anymore. On away games, you don't see the players. Away, so, away games, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's, it's like unless unless Keris picks you out or something or yeah, Hannah. but it's like you should make a beeline for the the away support if they've travelled all that way to see us and mm. I think that needs to be installed back into the club because that would never have happened under Ma- Marcus and Dave or Mark it's like they've forgotten what the club's all about I, I think it is a difficult one because I, I imagine what I'd do if I you know if I knew that I hadn't been good enough um, and we'd just lost 3-0 away from home I'd, I'd, I think I'd be the same as the players I'd the last thing I'd want to do is go over and see the go over and see the supporters, but obviously you don't have to go over and, and have a massive conversation with them. F- thanks for coming. Really sorry about the performance. We know it weren't good enough, and we'll we'll try and do better against Chelsea. Um, you know, it, it's very cliche, but that that that's really all it needs, all it takes, and it, it would mean, you know, like you say, the, the the fans that went down on Sunday to Brighton. It, it would have meant something to him, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, it's it's obviously a day which we're going to be disappointed by the result, but at least you leave with a smile knowing that they acknowledge that you're there and acknowledge that you've travelled the distance to go see them. Mm. So if any of them do listen, I don't know if anyone listens, but if anyone listens, hopefully <laughs> in the future... Hopefully Does anybody in the future, listen to us rambling on? Some people do. <laughs> <laughs> so if any players are listening or know a player, um, just let them know that we would appreciate them coming over in the future for future away games. We'll now turn our attention to the weekend as the Blues prepare to welcome Chelsea to Damson Park. Birmingham picked up a huge win over Chelsea back in January. Seems so long ago now. And also picked up a home draw against them last October too. Safe to say it won't be that easy this time around with practically a whole different squad lining up for the Blues. At least their new signing, Sam Kerr, won't be available until the end of December. From what we've seen of them this season, Chelsea look like more themselves this season as compared to last year with only domestic football to focus on. Former Blues keeper Anne Catherine Berger, as we expected, has become their number one goalkeeper ahead of Carly Telford. They remain unbeaten this season, picking up 16 points from possible 18 so far. The only points they dropped was in a draw against Brighton, funnily enough, back in September. Even in that game, though, Chelsea proved they won't surrender points easily this season, showing that winning spirit to snatch an equaliser, even when they're not playing well. Just as we picked out Leah Legaric last week, Jiso Yun is another influential player who will run the show if she is not kept under wraps this weekend. Beth England has started the season well and the likes of Guru Raitan 
Fran Kirby and Aaron Cuthbert, always floating around the edge, will be in with for a tough test this weekend. Uh, Kaz, who do you think is going to be the biggest threat for Chelsea? There's, there's obviously quite a few in that team, but who do you think in particular we need to watch out for? Ooh, now that is a tough question, isn't it? Because they've got so much quality. Um, do you know what? I'm going to say Erin Cuthbert. She's had quite a quiet start to the season. A quiet to last start. Yes. Yeah, yeah. she's, so, she's due a good performance, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Prob- and Fran as well. Fran's like been quite over the past like year and a half. So she can just snap her fingers and hope it could go one way or the other for us. So it's quite scary to think that uh, every player that plays for them is like a household worldie. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a hard one just to keep any of them quiet. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, uh, they're, they're, they're almost the champions elect already with the way they're playing at the moment, Chelsea, compared to some of the other teams. Uh, obviously, signing Sam Kerr, uh, which is probably not going to play till January, but that's such a huge signing for Chelsea and for the WSL in general. Yeah, they need it, don't they? They really struggle without someone like Sam Kerr up front. Um, yeah. They they look like champions elect because they should be champions elect. They've got the best squad. They've got the best players, in my opinion. They've got no European football to worry about. Um, that they should be up there. They should be there or thereabouts. Um, I think they will be. Like you say, I, I always like you. You name like the front <coughs> possible front five there for them. But then you've got someone like Mielder who. Every time I watch her, it seems like she's she's the one that dictates everything. You know, for, from deep midfield, you know, she's she's an excellent player. Um, but then, like you say, you've got to keep you've got to keep those five quiet. Um, Wrighton, who had a who had a good World Cup, and 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 the other four, we know we know plenty about anyway. So um, it'd be really tough um, if if we play anything like we did against Brighton. We we could be in for a, a big big shock, but you hope that they've got their minds around it. Hopefully, we'll have a a couple of the players back available to us, and we can put up a bit a better fight than we did on Thunder. Yeah, absolutely. And Kaz, um, I don't know if you saw it the the save from Ancatra Berger um, against Man United this weekend, uh, this this past weekend. It was a great save. We we're used to that sort of save when we saw her in recent years, but. Once again, she proves such a uh, influential player of keeping clean sheets and keeping um, winning games pretty much for her side. Oh yeah, I think Anne, Anne's probably one of the best keepers I've ever I've ever seen in the women's game. I think she'll have a point to prove as well against us. So yeah, it's going to be a tough one for whoever's up front for us on Sunday. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. You can, I think you can tell by the how uh, the tone of our voices that we're quite worried about this game. But um, <laughs> we, we're we're gonna put predictions on. Send help. Send help. <laughs> SOS. <laughs> uh, S- save our Stan. Save our Keris. Yeah. Bring him. Bring him back. <laughs> we need him in the team. Uh, Chris, you, do you want to go first this time this week for the predictions? I'll go one-one. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> we got a draw Sorry. last time at home. You never know. Uh, um, I'm going 4-0. Four 4-0 nil. Four nil to who? Home Oh. 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 <laughs> um, I'm going slightly more optimistic than Kaz. I'm going 3-1 Chelsea in this one. Hopefully they can prove me wrong because I would love to see it. <laughs> so, 
Get in touch with us at Great Six Sixty Eight on Twitter to share your score predictions with us. And if you've enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. Uh, if you want to follow Chris, you can follow him at AWCAIB on Twitter. You can follow Kaz at Team underscore Schroeder. And you can follow me at Craig Hadley. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use. And search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on.